everyone. I'm your host, Liana Pavane, founder of TTYL, human connection advocate, certified life coach, and most importantly, a human that's just trying to figure it out. I'm your unapologetic 20-something native New Yorker, advocating selfships. Yes, I'm in a relationship with myself while navigating the dating world. I'm on a mission to break down dating stigmas in our society and to stop ghosting. I started this podcast after my ex broke up with me over the phone. I know, at least it wasn't a post-it. And I realized that our dating etiquette was severely lacking due to technology. Each week, I invite guests onto the podcast from all walks of life to discuss their first date horror stories and best dates. Because let's be honest, we don't focus on the positives enough when it comes to dating. The best part about this podcast is that after each episode, I've walked away feeling more confident about myself and my relationships. So whether or not you're single, in a relationship, or find yourself in a situationship, I welcome you to get comfy as I dive into the uncomfy so we can normalize it together. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Ghosts of Dates Past. I'm super excited about today's episode. I'm here with Michael Taylor, who is an actor. Hello. (laughs) Hi. Yeah, he's in the film industry. Well, film and television. You might have seen him in Firefly Lane. That's where I first discovered who he was. And he's doing amazing things in the coming months and years. I'm super excited about. So yeah, Michael, so happy to have you here. Ah, So happy to be here. This is I I love this the concept and the the execution of this podcast. It's fantastic. It's, It's such a thing that you find in normal or not sorry not normal but like intimate conversation with you and your friends has now been turned into like a fantastic podcast idea where usually you just kind of share between each other like oh yeah this one time I had this crazy date and now you get to like hear everybody's stories and realize that you're not alone in in the insanity that is modern dating scene so it's it's, I'm really happy to be here thank you oh thank you so much that's so sweet I'm yeah so happy to have you and for you to share your experiences and your stories. Do you want to share a little bit more about yourself and what you've been in and any upcoming things? Yeah. So, like you said, I'm, I'm an actor in Canada for for television and film. I've been in Firefly Lane, which is the the show that seems to have gotten me lots of traction lately with different podcasts and stuff. I think we actually kind of met each other through a mutual podcast uh, that I was on, and you would listen to the podcast and been like, "Oh, I like," and then reached out to me, and then and then that's how we got. Maybe that's what, that's what I'm thinking, or you just found me on Instagram. I'm also on The Good Doctor on season four, episode eleven. I play Jeff Williams. You can see me in a very contorted, fun position on that, which was uh, one of the best experiences I've ever had on set. It was was a fantastic thing. I have a new show coming out that I'm not allowed to talk about, so I'll just leave it at that. And yeah, I've been, I don't know, I've been acting for 13 years. I've been in the film industry for about five, and it's been pretty awesome so far. Can't complain. I love it. Amazing. Yeah, well, you're doing such great things, and I'm super excited to see all the new projects you have coming up but let's dive in tell me the first date horror story well i as as i've told you before i i haven't done much dating i've, I've mostly just kind of 
been in relationships ever since I was interested in being together with people. That said, I've been on a couple. There's only one that really, really stands out to me. Aside from when I was a kid, I, oh God. So I did gymnastics and parkour for nine years, just as like kind of a fun thing for a young kid to do. It's helped a lot in my career because it, it translated to stunts, but it's not a date, but it was an attempt at one when I was in high school. There was this very pretty girl that I was very interested in. She didn't know me. Uh, if anything, she didn't know who I was, but I, f <laughs> I finally mustered up the courage. Keep in mind, when I was a teenager, I had no social skills and very, very little confidence. Anyway, I'm sitting on a bench outside of a woodwork class, and she was sitting on the bench beside me, hanging out with her friends, and I think I was alone, or I was with friends, but I shot my shot, <laughs> and I asked her, do you like parkour? And my god, if there's not a quicker way to uh, get shot down, at least in high school, because it's like the most, un this is before parkour was like, like a big, like, everybody's like, whoa, you do parkour? This was back when it was like, oh, sure, yeah, okay, you do parkour, nice, cool, man, do you own katanas, and, you know, like, I won't say anything else, <laughs> but, but like, yeah, she just said no in like the most uninterested go away tone I think I've ever heard and I, that was that was that was probably the worst shot I've ever taken in terms of uh trying to like shoot my shot and, and ask someone out but for for actual dates it was my first year in Vancouver I was what, 19 feeling kind of lonely chilling in my Burnaby shitty apartment and I decided I'm gonna try the dating app scene i'm gonna see what that's all about because i'm not i wasn't very good at approaching people at that age it's a it's a learned skill i've developed now i went on bumble in particular and made my very looking back very pretentious profile it was all like the shots i'd done from photo shoots there was not a single like natural picture of me there and my bio was like super serious about like my life's and dreams and aspirations because i was an intense kid anyway i got a match <laughs> with somebody and we decided to set up for a date and to to make a long story short, it, we we met up and you know she was pretty and I was I was stoked because I was finally on a on a date and this is like the first date I'd been on in ages that wasn't like initially like oh this is a relationship because all my relationships started from friendships that just kind of developed into relationships. Anyway, long story short, we get into the small talk of like oh so like what are you into oh I, like all these kind of things. She asked me what I do and I said well I'm an actor. She proceeded for the next two hours to tell me how useless the arts are like how useless acting is uh, how pretentious it is I, I think she had uh, I kind of pieced it together in her discussion that she had a really bad drama teacher or something that or she just didn't understand what the drama te teacher was saying he was like trying to teach like advanced acting like breathing techniques and stuff to high school kids and they just like weren't picking any of it up so she spent two hours just absolutely shitting on my career my dreams and my hopes and passions and then I just kind of listened. I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I kind of threw in my two cents every now and then, but it was very quickly retaliated to like, yeah, well, I mean, but that's what I mean. It's stupid. <laughs> so after that two hours, she finally got off the topic and I was like, okay, okay, cool. Well, I'm sitting there. At this point, we've made our way to a cactus club which was like a very bougie restaurant, I guess. I'd never been to one. I can't afford $80 meatballs. So we're sitting at the bar in a cactus club drinking water because 
because that's where this whole thing was going. Where, where like, I asked her if she wanted anything, if she wanted a drink, if she wanted some food, because, you know, like, I'm a believer that, that, I think, I think uh, bills can be split two ways, but, like, if I'm on a first date, I like to pay for whatever the the expenses are within reason. If the person's, like, getting, like, a $200 dish, I'll be like, hey, let's split it. But I finally, she finally got off the topic. We're sitting there having water and Cactus Club, and then I just... I'd ask her what kind of music she's into. She's country, pop, all these kind of things. She goes, what kind of music are you into? And I go, well, I really listen to everything. But um, right now I've just been listening to a lot of like indie. So like Rye X and I don't know, Cave Town or Half Alive. And she just drops me with the, oh, you're one of those people. I was like, so everything, because my two key passions in life is acting and music. So she's basically taken everything that I identify myself as and just like, just destroyed it. (laughs) So it's safe to say the date ended pretty fast. And then uh, it didn't end in any sort of sour manner. I walked her to the the bus station that I met her at because she was going to go home and I didn't have a car. So I wasn't capable of driving her home. And we, you know, we hugged. and parted ways and then i was so surprised to find a week later she was like hey i like i had such a great time do you want to do you want to hang out again and by that time i deleted the dating app and shamefully or shamelessly i don't know which i just ghosted her because i was like "Mm, i I don't have the heart to tell her how how uh how mean she was (laughs) but but yeah so that's probably my my worst date story it's nothing too crazy there's no no big finale but um a date yeah a date where uh, I had to rethink my life choices because because there was so much hate being thrown around them. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. And if only she could see you now. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, I I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah, but like, you know, getting booked and stuff, she's probably like, "Damn, like, wow, I really fucked up," you know? <laughs> The truth of that is not true at all. But like, I always make the joke of of whenever someone brings up a hard math question, I'm like, "Hey, man, I'm an actor for a reason. Like, I just pretend to be good at math. I'm not good at math." Or <laughs> like, so I, I understand where she's coming from. But maybe uh, read the audience a little bit better and and don't. Uh, yeah, like if I told her I was a dentist, don't be like, "Oh, fucking teeth are fine anyway. Dentists are really just money grabs." Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's the same thing. <laughs> that's that's so funny because I dated this dentist for like a month last year, so <laughs> it's like you knew. And the lectures that that would pursue or ensue or whatever the word is uh, around having someone that works in some sort of field like that. And then watching your habits going, oh, you know, you could you could floss a little bit more, you know. <laughs> he had really good teeth. I think I got a little self-conscious. I mean, not that I have bad teeth, but I was just, you know, always nervous that I wasn't flossing enough for his standards. But So, yeah, and you kind of touched on, you've, you know, you've been in uh, lots of relationships, it seems like, and you're still really young. And I'm wondering if you have this FOMO for friends that are going on dates. And how does that make you feel? Oh, I've had lots of conversations with my with my single friends. I have one of my best friends is is a, a woman who's who's a lesbian and she's like single and proud kind of thing. She 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 goes on lots of dates and we talk frequently about how it's it's such a double edged sword about how awesome it is to be single, especially in today's dating society where it is very hypersexual and hyper high emotions, high intensity, all these kind of things, which can be foreseen as exciting. I'm a I'm a dopamine chaser. I've I've 
that's why I'm an actor is is because it's like I'm kind of chasing the high of, of being on stage and being in these really exciting things. But um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely an element that I think everybody in a relationship feels, but I can only speak to myself and I would say yes. But whenever I kind of get caught up in the FOMO of it all, I just kind of... I think about two things. I think about like how lucky I am. My my girlfriend, especially if anybody knows her, is phenomenal. It's we're four years, four and a half years together, and it's like she still surprises me with her, with who she is. Quite angelic nature. It's it's quite insane. My parents made the joke right at the gate. So when I first got together with her. I was making all these jokes about how they're going to abandon me and adopt her and all these kind of things. And they were like, oh, no, like, we love you. We would never do that. And then they met her and they're like, yeah, yeah, you can leave anytime you want. We'll just keep her. <laughs> and then the joke became is like, if me and Yosfin ever break up, Yosfin is her name. If me and Yosfin ever break up, uh, it was 100% my fault because there isn't a single thing she could do with malicious intent ever in her entire life, which is obviously like a naive statement. But if you met her, you'd, you'd understand what I'm saying. But I just think about how lucky I am. I think about the future that I that I could potentially have in a very practical sense. I don't like the overwhelming census. I've been in so many relationships where the, the, the term forever was thrown around because I was, you know, I was a young teenager. Oh, forever. Like, we're going to be together forever. We're going to have a house. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. Everything good comes to an end. <laughs> but, but like, especially when you're a teenager. And the ones that do make it out of teenhood and like high school sweethearts, is it's fantastic. And clearly they they found each other at the at the right age or at the right time right place all these kind of things but i don't know i've never had the experience the only fomo i would say is i've never had the experience of being single in my 20s when i got together with josephine i was a very very different person i i've done an exponential amount of growth in my life even in the last year especially with covid because all i could do was be introspective and all i could do was work on myself but in the last four five years i've changed exponentially i i would say i'm almost entirely a different person and yeah sometimes i'm sparked with the curiosity of how i would go about in the dating scene with, with this newfound confidence with who I am because I was never confident like I said with the parkour story I that was that was like one of the only times I've ever actually attempted to approach somebody and that's the line I use oh my god but like I, I I've been terrible with with women because I've never been confident I, I've been very self self-deprecating only up until the last like two three years of my life where I've really settled into myself I've kind of become an adult I've figured out what confidence feels like for me and now I'm kind of happily bolstering with it so I'm curious as to see if I could even like I don't know approach a woman again at, at this at this time with this confidence or if I would just walk up turn beat red and fall apart but those curiosities are, are like I said frequently snuffed out quite quickly because I just like to land on the fact of, of how lucky and happy I am with with my current relationship and this is the longest relationship I've ever been in it's definitely long term and she's also one of those people that like I know I could easily spend the rest of my life with and now it's up to me to decide if I'm ready to make that kind of commitment which I'm just doing day by day and and focusing on being happy with ha happy now instead of focusing on like oh, you know in 30 years is it gonna fall apart I don't know I'm 24 what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> wow that's yeah I love everything you said I love this newfound confidence you found and I think so many people can relate to just really changing over the past year I I feel like I almost in a way I mean I'm fine refining that confidence I think I've always been more of an extrovert and I don't have really any problem approaching people and I'm back out shooting my shot and all this stuff but I definitely 
it's for me, I think it was strange to not have the practice anymore. And so when I went back out into the dating world, it was kind of like, what, what, what do I do? Like, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I <laughs> yeah. literally just kissed someone for the first time in eight months last night. And I was. Hey, here we go. <laughs> Welcome I back. Know, Welcome I know, back. I know. It was. <laughs> I was so nervous because I was like, I'm not going to remember. I'm not, it's not. <laughs> it's just all teeth. Yeah. You're just going to teeth it. Teeth to teeth. The worst. <laughs> I've had one of those. It's terrible. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. We it should was bring like on this... like the worst first kiss as well. That could oh, be... perfect. Yeah. It was such a romantic moment. Very quickly ruined by a uh, headbutting of teeth. It was, it was quite awful. It's like straight out of the movies that you'd see. I just want to say one thing in terms of the FOMO uh, with my 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 friend there that that talks about the benefits of being single we also discuss the the like, it's like a pros and cons kind of thing because I overthink everything and I also read into everything way too much so I always need to weigh the balance of of everything and I've discussed thoroughly with her about me and her are very very similar we're almost identical in in who we are it's just we're, we've been on two separate paths one of the things that she faces is that she's very lonely all the time because she's in a very like hypersexual kind of she, she's very beautiful and she she uh, interacts i'll say with a lot of women and it's fantastic and it's exciting and it's kind of like what she wants to do but the flip side is she's very very lonely because uh on a psychological level especially in today's dating society it is very very sexually driven i've found I remember when I was a kid, the like standard for the first, even for the first kiss, let alone like the first sexual engagement would be um, like you'd wait a couple months. You'd like feel each other out. Now, now it's like it's normal on the first date to engage in some sort of sexual activity or at least in the first week. So you find, especially if you're not really finding the person you want to settle down with or you're not interested in settling down. You're kind of going from sexual interaction to sexual interaction. And what happens psychologically, psychologically, you can be completely fine. You can be, you can sleep with somebody and be a-okay and go about your day and all these kind of things. But physiologically, at least something that I learned when I was studying psychology is, is it's impossible not to gain some level of physiological connection to somebody that you sleep with. You can be very good at ignoring it and it can dissipate and you can desensitize that. But what happens is when you when you do it in bulk number, one of the one of the reactions, cause and reactions of it is you find you start getting more and more lonely because you're constantly tearing that strand of physiological connection that you've made with that person. It's like one of the main reasons why friends with benefits are considered to never work. I've had one work ever and it was fantastic, but even then it was like there's still that physiological element that has to be torn every time you decide you're not actually going to settle down with that person so that's just the other thing is like i recognize that if i were single i'd probably be very 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 lonely especially because i've always been a companion my whole life so yeah it's it's really a weighing of the balance of what you want right now right yeah that's a very interesting point and and that was a question that i was going to ask about the whole concept of sleeping with someone as well and i guess in your experience what is typically how many dates do you wait for that to make that move do you find that you initiate that does the girl initiate kind of yeah i'm curious to learn it's so subjective per the individual i'm all about consent and patience i the last thing i ever want to feel is is the uncomfortability of making somebody else uncomfortable and also the 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 impact that you can have on people sex is fantastic and fun but but it can be a very big deal for some people in most of my relationships 
with the exception of maybe one or two. It's been a couple weeks to a couple months before we... Uh, like, the first relationship I ever had, which was... Keep in mind, it was at 14. Or I guess I was 15 at the time. It was three months until we kissed. But that's like a sweet little kid thing, like where you're holding hands and hugging and stuff. And then it's like, oh, big moment. Three months later, kiss. And then it was six months and we, we, we had sex. And it was... It was a mutual, consensual kind of thing. Both parties had to land on being okay with, with engaging in it. And that's kind of where I developed the values of, of patience with, with sex and stuff is in that first relationship where I wasn't constantly pressuring like, okay, well, when's it going to happen kind of thing. If I, if I heard a I'm not comfortable or if I heard a no, it was like, like okay, well, I'll, I'll, when you're ready kind of thing. And then in my other, like I was in other relationships where it was much quicker because that person was much more sexually active and yeah just sexually active to short firm the answer would be as long as it has to be until both people are comfortable i think for men in particular just in like a mass percentage they wouldn't mind if it was right away because there's no denying that one of the main reasons why people interact with each other or approach each other is like 80 90 percent purely because of physical attraction and physical attraction sexual attraction kind of go hand in hand especially when you're like 20 30 and in in a sexual mood all the time as, as some people would be but um with my current relationship i think we waited i i, I was my girlfriend's first time she, she was a virgin before we got together so there was a lot of understanding that it's like it's a big deal it's it's a it's a thing that is worth being patient for so we waited about three three or four months before we did anything sexual and that was a-okay with me like i i was i was happy with it because i was also just happy being with the person because i was in in a relationship i was in a partnership with that person rather than like we didn't really date we kind of went on one date and both decided that we wanted to be together in that sense, because she's not she's not like a kind of half in kind of person. She's she she thought she was asexual the majority of her life because she just didn't find anybody physically or sexually attractive. She had no sex sexual drive at all. And then uh, you tell me, I don't know what happened with me, but she she was like, yeah, him. Sure. Why not? And I think one of the main reasons is because I, I might have been one of the first guys that was patient with her because most of the guys that had the confidence to approach her because she's a very beautiful, tall Swedish woman. I was one of the first people to approach her and be patient. I guess most guys are all about that romantic lunging kiss, which she had a lot of experience in lots of her saying no and then being just jumping on her anyway, which is annoying to hear about and stupid and I don't like it at all. But it was kind of like I, I just and we can probably get into this later, but how I went about asking her out. But yeah, short form, it's it's subjective per the individual. I think standard is like first date, first week. That's what I've been hearing. That's what it seems like is people just get caught up in the excitement and the physical attraction. And they're like, yeah, if the if it's a mutual want, then fucking go for it. You don't even have to go on the date if you don't want to. I mean, make it romantic. That that term, uh, take me to dinner first, is viable. Yeah, so subjective for the individual. As long as it's always consensual. As long as it's always a shared mutual thing. Definitely. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's her the individual I think it's I mean I would say that it's on the woman to decide when they want to go to that next level for sure like and if it's reciprocal from the man too if the, if, if the man's uncomfortable then it should oh, totally and I done. think yeah but, I think it goes both ways but I agree with you yeah women have to deal with a lot more shit than men do when it comes to sex that's something that a lot of guys don't like to admit they're kind of like well we're both it's both it's 50 50 eh, not not entirely 
Man, I've, I've, I've been surrounded by women my whole life, and I've, oh, I've been in a very, very open, transparent relationship with my girlfriend. Women go through a lot more post-sex than men do, just in terms of physical alteration, physical dealing with. That's something that a lot of guys don't admit <laughs> or don't want to admit. Yeah, we get, we get very emotionally attached. <laughs> yeah, not just that, but like actually physically too, like the amount of things that can happen oh, post- Oh, yes, that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, post-sex uh, is serious. Guys don't really have it as much. Yes, you can still get STIs and STDs and all those kind of things, but like women don't have to get STIs and STDs to be uncomfortable after sex. Uh, so so it, it is a much more risky and engaging thing f- for women than guys. Anyway, that's a whole different topic, but yeah. That, yes, but <laughs> yeah. yes, that is, that is true. And I think, I mean, that I heard this, I think, on another podcast, but just sex in general like there's always risk with it every time it's not and it's both on both sides like not only for the physical stuff the emotional side all of it it's it's a risky it's you're very vulnerable and and i have there's that idea of like intimacy and sex as well are they one and the same are they separate you know because i think i don't know i mean i think you can be intimate without sex that was a fantastic transition into your next question yeah you perfectly lined that up hell yeah thanks thanks yeah no well i mean you you lined it up perfect as well we were on the topic so it just felt felt like a good segue but yeah what are your thoughts on that intimacy and and sex and just how can one be intimate can one be intimate without the sexual part of a relationship definitely I think, I mean, it's just like in, intelligence. There's so many different forms of intelligence. There's so many different forms of intimacy. Obviously, the the main go-to one is intimacy with physical, like physical intimacy. So sex in particular, but you can have physical intimacy with a hug. You can have f- physical intimacy with a kiss. It, it all depends on, on how much you're being intimate with that particular thing. I definitely think intimacy can be done without sex. Personally, physical intimacy is a very important thing for me. I, I'm, I've yet to psychologically figure out why sex is so important in relationships for me, but I'm, I'm, I'm working on it, so I'll get back to you when I decide, when I figure that out. But... Yeah, you can, I mean, as an actor, you learn how to be intimate with someone from across the room. Like, you don't, uh, one of the biggest, most powerful things I, I learned in, in some of my classes is a woman stated her uncomfortability with her scene partner because it was very clear, even from an audience standpoint, that he was benefiting from a very sexual scene with her. She was very beautiful, and he was a bit sleazy, and, and it made for very uncomfortable air in the room. So she brought up the fact, like, right in front of the class, like, I'm not comfortable doing this stuff with this person. I don't want to kiss him. I don't want to touch him. All these kind of things. And the teacher was like, totally fair. Let's let's readjust just so you can still get the exercise and, like, so you're getting your money's worth for the class. So what they did is they did this entire very sexual scene from across the room from each other. And it was a very, very big lesson, at least from an audience member standpoint, about how you can be intimate and how you can share something with somebody from just like using energy from the other side of the room and how you can be close with somebody. It's something I try to bring to all my characters, even if it's not a particularly intimate character, is I'm constantly trying to engage in some sort of vulnerable, intimate moment with the scene partner that that I have. It just makes for a much more interesting stuff to watch, I think, because there's something going on there. there. There's, there's energy being passed back and forth 
especially if it's reciprocal. I've had uh, seen partners that really get on the same wavelength with that, and and it makes for some really really wonderful scenes. And you make some really really good friends out of it too, because then you yourself have had a bit of a you've shared a little bit of something with that scene partner as well, because you were allowing yourself to be open and 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 access and engage in intimacy regardless of circumstance regardless if it's a fight scene regardless of if it's a com- comedic scene or if it's a love scene but i i think once again per individual i think physical intimacy is is very important i think sex is a pretty important part of a relationship yeah what was what was this exact question again can you can you have intimacy without sex yes i definitely believe so yeah yeah i would agree i definitely think so i think there's a lot of emotional intimacy that one can have with another person as you said in different circumstances there can be intimate moments in every feeling that one can have you know I think we all have this like rainbow of emotion and there's there are intimate moments in that and even I think there's a beauty in that too something just I was thinking about the other day because I started my day on such a high and by the end of the day I was just crying and and it Oh, God. Yeah, I had that day the other day, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It must be in the... I think it was the full moon or something. I don't know. Probably. I've been getting messed up lately. Who knows what's in the air? Yeah. Could be. Could be. But I just, you know, I realized I was like, there's such beauty in these moments of feeling my emotion and sitting in it. And I can be intimate with myself in that and, like, really feel it and just not... I think we especially push off all the emotion and like if we ever feel that we need to cry or we feel these what we call negative emotions the anger the sadness the confusion yeah we we dismiss it and we push it off and we don't want to deal with it and i think it can be really beautiful and very cathartic very actor um yeah yeah (laughs) catharsis like you know to to breathe in that and just to experience it as it is and not see it as something to be not to judge ourselves mm-hmm. yeah I, uh, I i've been learning a very big or i've been spending the last like four years trying to physically teach myself how to be emotional again i've spent so much of my life shutting that stuff down and trying to suppress it i had really bad anger issues as a kid and i learned very quickly that that was not okay so I, I learned how to suppress it, which in turn actually turned me into a bit of a... I was so easily pushed over. Like I said, I had no confidence. I, I was so easily pushed over. I was so small. I was so... um Anything that stressed me out would immediately relate to crying instead of... Uh, when I was a kid, instead of anger. And then I very quickly learned that crying was bad. So I stuffed that down. So I had many, many, many years of suppression in many of those uh, considerably... Or considered negative emotions. And now being an adult, dealing with... I've got severe clinical depression and anxiety and I I suffer from a lot of mental ailments which I've learned to embrace as as gifts and as experience but um, needing to learn how to physically accept those emotions again. I've gotten back in tune with my anger which is fantastic because it's actually helping in my career a lot. Anger is a fantastic driving force if used positively, which is such a concept that a lot of people, when they just hear like, oh, I use my anger to get things done, they're like, oh, you." without judgment, anger can be a positive thing as well. But also, uh, crying is my next thing. I haven't been able to cry in so, 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 so long. And there's like multiple things. Everybody knows that there's this consensus around men aren't allowed to cry, which is definitely 180. It's kind of going the other way now. Like, 
people are starting to really accept that men can be emotional. So that could be one element of it, but I connect it less about like my sex and more about the what has happened in my life that hasn't allowed me to cry. But but it's been a very interesting time trying to unlock that cage, allowing myself to be emotional and intimate with myself, like you were saying, uh, so I can have those moments. I mean, I'll be honest, the other day, because like we were just talking earlier, this month has been crazy. I mean, th- God, the, like the last two years has been crazy, but I kind of had a big buildup and had a bit of a breakdown with my parents. I started actually crying, sobbing, for, for lack of better words, which is like I'm, I'm celebrating it right now. I was like, thank God, because it was so overdue. And it was fantastic. You want to talk about intimacy with yourself, but also Yosvin heard me and came upstairs and kind of just spent some time with me while I was talking to my parents. And she was being intimate in that moment as well. She was making sure I was okay. She was just there, physical presence, physical touch. All these kind of things, but so important, so important. Mm, yeah, thank you for sharing. No, that's it's. Yeah, I know it is. It is really important, and I think everyone deals with that in their own way, right? Like just wanting someone to be there and tell you everything's gonna be okay. That is enough for me, and like that's something that my mom kind of. I think our relationship has changed a lot over the years, and. I remember years ago, I think I might have been crying on the phone or something, and she kind of was jumping to advice. And I was just like, Mom, I need, yeah, like, I need you to be my mom right now. Like, I need you to just tell me it's going to be okay and just be there and listen. And I love your advice, but I'm not ready for that yet. Yeah, that's a habit I've had to try to break. I was a borderline unregistered therapist for for many years with a lot for a lot of people because I'm very introspective and I'm very emotionally aware and intelligent and I do I have dealt with with a, a lot of mental things mental stuff I'm trying to not use trigger words uh, I've, I've had an interesting life and because I'm so introspective it gains it gives me a lot of perspective that allows me to help other people so I've been helping a lot of other people my whole life but because I've done that because I've had so many people come to me for advice whenever somebody doesn't need that advice it's very very hard to contain when I when I'm seeing the the answer right there in front of me but all they don't want the fucking answer right now they just want to they just want to spill the beans and like be open with me and and have me just listen it's it's a skill i've had to to learn is not immediately jumping to trying to solve the problem just letting there be a problem in the first place and letting it be so totally totally well i want to hop to your best first date story oh yeah uh, i mean i'll just go with the one that i had with yosephine clearly it's working out clearly it was the best one because it's been the longest relationship i've been in so i went to a film school and and there was this class every Thursday where um, it was the first three terms. So each term is two months and the whole course is a year. So this class was the first three terms. And it was the best way to kind of like see who was new, especially like when you're in first term, you're not thinking that you're just kind of there to play part in the class. You're basically you're sitting in a theater and you watch a movie and then people break down what happened in the movie. And like you just watch like we watch 12 Years a Slave and Macbeth and all these kind of things like big movies. Anyway, when I was in third term, I'll just admit it. I was pretty lonely. I was like, I wanted to go on a date with somebody or have a companion or just have, a, who knows, a friends with benefits, anything. I wanted some sort of interaction of of man to woman <laughs> in engagement. And I was just looking at the new classes coming coming in and, and walking in. And it was fun to see like who was new into the school. Like 
pretty people are fun to look at. So I was kind of like looking at all the pretty people, men and women, because, you know, actors are hot most of the time. And, and, and everybody in film school is always hot and bothered all the time. So anyway, and I was looking at the new class coming in and it was nice. And I was just kind of sitting up there minding my own business. And then I see this like super bright, tall woman walk into the class, kind of standing out of the crowd right and once again if you knew Yosefine you would you would understand what I'm saying but she's also she's like tall and blonde and so like she she was this uh, very just visually bright person I'm not even talking on a spiritual level so obviously it caught my eye and I was like oh wow she's very beautiful thought nothing of it kind of a one about doing the class anyway a week later a couple weeks later I'm not sure the the third floor was kind of where everybody hung out and in between classes and like when they when they had like a, a spare block or something and i was just rolling this wheelie chair up and down a hallway because i was clearly bored and a child <laughs> and i kept passing by her class that was in session and just peering in because i was i was curious she took it as i kept trying to like peek in and see her i was just peering into the class but conveniently she was in it anyway she came out of class and she has this wonderful little uh beanie that has these two little fuzzballs on top very very swedish and uh she was holding it and her back was to me and I saw this little the top of this fuzzy little thing and if anybody knows me they know the quickest way to get my attention or get to the bottom of my heart is dogs I, I love dogs so I rolled up very abruptly I do not have the confidence to approach people like this but I rolled up very abruptly I was like is that a dog she turned around she's like no it's just my hat I was like ah and then I rolled away but that was all it took for her to like peak interest in me because I was just so stoked on this dog. Anyway, there's some filler in between kind of random conversation. She, I, I had talked to her a couple more times just on that third floor. She was very, very shy. I was very, very shy. But uh, we had a mutual friend called Mode who was, is this short, feisty Quebecer, like Quebec City, Quebecer. And she wanted to go to a movie and she invited me and, and then she invited Josephine as well. And it's so funny. So I was like, okay, yes, like, nice. I get to go to a movie. And yes, the, she brought the friend along, but like, I get to spend some time with her. And the movie was like late at night. It was like 12 o'clock at night in kind of a sketchy area. And right at like 11.45, Josephine was like, you know, I might just go home. <laughs> so she... She backed out, and then I went to the movie with Mode. It was fantastic, but I was sitting there during the whole movie just like, God, fucking damn it, damn it, damn it. Like, I, I wish she came along to this movie. We'd also, uh, Yosemite had taken a couple parkour classes, and people in the school knew that I had I'd done it for a long time because it was kind of like apparent because I could do my own stunts and all these kind of things. So I'd gone to a couple parkour classes with her and a bunch of her, her friends as well just to, like, help teach them some of the basics and stuff. So there was a bit more conversation, a bit more getting to know each other. Anyway, I, we were texting, and I, I finally worked up the courage to ask her on an adventure. It's the key word. I'm sure I'm not alone when I use this, and I'm sure there's some people listening at home are going, Oh, God, I use the adventure, really? How pretentious. But no, I, uh, I, I said, Do you want to go on an adventure? And she said, Sure. So we, we basically just mutually met up in the, like, the heart of downtown Vancouver. We're like the bougie heart, heart of downtown, not like Sketchville downtown. And just went for like a seawall walk. We went and bought some really fancy ice cream. And about halfway through our adventure, she asked if this was a date. And I said, if you want it to be, very cheeky, very sly, like as if it wasn't my intent the entire time. And then she kind of agreed and then 
just kind of held out her hand and we started holding hands keep in mind that i'm the first boyfriend she's ever had so she this is like very new and exciting and almost like oh what's the word youthful in a way it's kind of like the excitement of holding hands as for me i've been in like eight relationships and i'm like like, like holding hands is just kind of a cute thing but for her it was like a really big deal which i think is just adorable it adds to her charm anyway we get to this really it was like it was crazy it was like a snow white moment or something cause she's very in tune with nature it's nuts we get to this kind of lookout into a marina slash on the waterfront we're kind of standing there and it's it's late in the year so there's snow sorry it's early in the year so there's snow it's february and um we're just kind of standing there looking at each other very very uncomfortably close and i'm saying uncomfortable because it's like that nervousness it's kind of where like i was trying to like lean forward and like have like embrace her a little bit and she she was just i later learned it was just like she didn't even know she was doing it but she was kind of like leaned back because she was just kind of intimidated by the whole situation and then all these like birds these white birds started flying around and i'm not talking like i'm hallucinating i mean like they started kind of like gathering in the bushes around us and in the trees and some of them were singing some pretty beautiful songs. It was weird. I've never seen anything like it again. But I asked her, I, was like, I asked, can I kiss you? And uh, obviously, I'll never forget this response. She just said, you can try. And me being somebody that needs a yes, so I'm all about consent, who needs a resounding yes, I was like, what the fuck do I do with that response? <laughs> I was like, anything that's not a yes is a no, correct? But like, what does you can try mean? I later found out it was because she said if I was a bad kisser, it was just going to be off. It would have been, she would have said no right out the gate. Anyway, I, I I did it anyway because she was implying with her actions that it was like, yeah, fucking go for it. Let's see. Let's see if this works. So I kissed her and it was a great time. And I think she de- she she decided I was a good enough kisser to accept my hand in relationshipness because once again like i said she wasn't really somebody that wanted to go for a couple dates and try it out if it didn't work she's very headstrong if it didn't work on the first try it's not gonna work at all so yeah and like the birds it felt like the birds were like swirling around us and the snow it began to snow after we kiss it was it was weirdly cinematic uh, and I'm not being over dramatic. I mean, like this stuff kind of just happened as as it happened. Because once again, I'm very over analytical about everything. So of course, I know everything going on around me, my surroundings, while I'm supposed to be engaging in this very in the moment moment. But yeah, and then we just kind of walked around and went to a couple cafes, and it was getting late, and her roommate wasn't a very nice person to her. Uh, or a very nice person at all so she asked if she could or I asked if she could stay the night and she asked if she could stay the night and she ended up coming over which really pissed off her roommate but um yeah and she came and stayed over I gave her a pair of shorts or underwear that she could comfortably sleep in she wore her her shirt and like there was no we didn't engage in any sex we were just spending time in the night together in a very excited romantic feely moment yeah it was it was it was very cinematic it was very and it was very untraditional at least i think it was very it was like it was like a teenage teenagers kind of like you know can i hold your hand like like that kind of stuff but it worked out now she can't get rid of me now i can't get rid of her we're stuck (laughs) that's such a cute story and i love honestly though like those kind of more platonic sleepovers are so underrated. Like, I just, 
that's like what I'm craving right now. Like I just want to cuddle with someone and like sleep next to someone. Like I don't really, I'm like, we can have a little makeout sesh and like do a little cuddling. And like, that's what I want. I don't know if I'm ready for like anything else besides that. It's pretty fantastic. It's, it's, it can, it can be much more beneficial than just jumping straight to, to our instincts of, well, yeah, we're laying in a bed together. It must mean, we're, yeah, it, it, it can, it, it's very wonderful. I think it spawns from the fact that my parents instilled a value within me where the best, the best friends make the best girlfriends. That's just my dad being silly, but like, it's, it's true. You got to be friends with the person you're, you're going to be together with. You got to really like each other and you got to be able to spend time with each other without having to do something. And one of the best ways to gauge whether or not that's going to work out is like, just hanging out with that person if you're immediately yeah 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 i love that i love that and i think this kind of ties into my next question which is you've been focusing on yourself for a while you meet someone that you really connect with so how do you kind of then invite that person into your life before you feel that you're ready before you're ready for a relationship like maybe you're thinking oh i'm i don't know i don't really want that right now but you don't want to miss the opportunity so to speak how do you invite that person in uh, if if it's not time see i have a weird i have like this weird view on friendship i guess every female friend i've ever had began with me being interested in that person and gaining uh, becoming friends with them and all my female friends know that too because obviously it started the friendship started with me being in, interested in them i flirt i'm like sexually flirtatious with all my male friends as as uh, i'd say more with my male friends than with my female friends which i know is not an uncommon thing it's quite funny actually being like hypersexual with your like in a joking manner with your guy friends being flirtatious when i'm on set i'm flirting with everybody because it's it's a it's a fun trade i don't know it's fun and exciting and i think if you just to connect this to your question if if you met somebody that it really worked with but you weren't ready i think there's a certain level of acceptance when it comes to engaging and becoming friends with that person and like hanging out with them platonically in that acceptance but you can develop these really interesting wonderful fun relationships with that person while being platonic where they are still exciting and they are still kind of like you kind of hinted each other back and forth and you develop that friendship without having to dive head first while you're continuing to work on yourself if anything it makes for when the time comes if you guys do end up being together it makes for it to be much more of a crescendo, much more of an exciting, riveting, intense relationship because it's kind of you spent this entire time kind of held back from each other and then the moment clicks and now you get to go in full force. A lot of my female friends, um, and, and Josephine does the exact same too, I'm very flirtatious and funny with my with my f- female friends and it's, it's a back and forth kind of thing where we're constantly complimenting the shit out of each other, trying to lift each other up. We're talking about like their partners and my best friend the the young woman is um we talk about sex all the time not with each other obviously because that's un unloyal but like we talk about sex all the time we uh, like how she's doing how i'm doing all these kind of things we have that open relationship and, and josephine flirts with my female friends all the time as well so yes you you can totally invite that person in gain those those personal connections uh, and i guess i gotta speak from the point of view of being single yeah I, th- I think you can you can lay out on the field wh- whether or not you're ready for a relationship i think without even having to say it 
And yeah, you can run into this kind of interesting dynamic where it's a bit one-sided, where that person is very ready and they want to go all in. But if they're the right person and if they are really, if you do have that strong connection, they'll understand and they'll wait. And they won't just ditch you because you won't give them what they want. If anything, it'll make them more excited for when you are ready, especially if there's that element as well, that any moment you could kind of just fall into it. That's that. Yeah, that's that's a that's a tough field to get into because then you don't want to be led along on a string because that can be painful. Man, I've been through that a few times. It's, <sighs> it's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you feel that one. I felt yeah. that sigh. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sigh. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and I just think it's funny because I was talking to my girlfriend this morning and I was saying how I don't know in my experience at least a lot of guys there's this element of the chase right and so they kind of leave us hanging and they try to act all mysterious and like we on the other side are freaking out and we're just like what is going on why isn't this person messaging us what are they thinking about? Do they like us? It's all this anxiety, unnecessary, because a lot of guys aren't dealing with their emotions and therefore they're emotionally unavailable or they don't want to tell us they're not interested or whatever it is and they're hiding behind their technology. And then you meet, you meet people who are emotionally available and who are talking to you about their feelings and are super open and just really awesome in all these ways. And we just go, wait, what? We're like, we get so confused and we we kind of start to second guess it and think, oh, we wait, this this doesn't feel right. This isn't this is not what I asked. You're accustomed and conditioned to be more, for lack of better words, toxic interaction. Yeah, Yeah. Right. And then it's the whole question of, okay, this person is treating me so well. And yet, do I like them because of the things that they're doing for me and how they're treating me? Or is there also still that spark? Because I think... Ooh, that's, that's some good introspection. Lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, well, that's something that I've just been thinking about on like the past few dates I've been on, like with this recent person, a person before him, because they treated me with such respect that I have never had in other dating experiences because I spent so much time calling in that energy, right? And so, which I think is also very important to do, but now I just am questioning, okay, do I actually, is there something with this person? Because I think there still has to be some sort of spark, right? Like you can't just... Totally, yeah, yeah. You can't just say yes because right, it's Right, or that they're treating Definitely, you super yeah, well yeah. or all this stuff. Like that should be the, that should be the, the, the bottom line of any relationship. But I'm like, do I feel something for this person? Like, really? Or is it just that I'm giving them more chances because they do X, Y, Z for me and compliment me and blah, 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 blah. I think that comes down to excite. Just the first thing that came to mind, because I try to speak with no overanalyzing. I think it comes down to excitement. There's curiosity of like, wow, this person's treating me really well. Like, uh, it feels really good. But are you excited do they excite you? Do they, does their life intrigue the fuck out of you? Like, like, do they, do they have such a different, or not a different, but do they have such a path in their life when talk, that when they talk to you about it, when they talk about themselves, all you want to do is know more on top of the 
they're treating you well and they're respecting you and they're listening to you and, and all those kind of things. If it's the right person and if it's somebody that you're in, in, interested in and they excite you, it's usually hopefully because they have such a, it's so tough because I don't, I don't, I haven't been in the dating scene, but I have a lot of concepts and ideas about relationships because I've helped so many of my friends through them. But yeah, I think it's kind of like if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Because if you're not feeling that, and I think it's like if you if you don't walk away from a dating experience, playing it back in your head and like riveting, you know, riveted, yeah, yeah, and like feeling all the like ooey gooey feelings from it, as you should, you immediately want to be right, with that person again. Then it's that's not, a big one. Yeah. Then it's not going to be anything. Yeah, I mean, some sometimes you're just not supposed to work out with that person, regardless of how awesome that person is. Like I said. All of my female friends started from me being interested in them. And when they either turned me down or it just became apparent that we wouldn't work, I didn't like peace out. I continued to be friends with them because clearly there was something there that made me so interested that I'd want to be in a relationship with them, let alone a friendship. That's what I... So so my best friend, she's lesbian, so she, she she's not interested in men. And that became apparent when I asked her out. And I was the first... and I. Th- think actually to this day the only guy that accepted what she said and then continued to talk to her because most of the time it's just like oh well I'm out then if if you if it's not going to be a thing but like I think it's because I've I've picked my this is funny coming from a guy who's been in quite a few toxic relationships but I I like there's a reason I'm interested in this person there's things about them that excite me that I'm so interested in in them and who they are and all these kind of things why would I just throw it away because I can't be in a relationship with them. And I think that might be a bit of a tell into that as well, about like, if you feel like you could be really good friends with that person as well, that's another highlight as well. And you don't necessarily have to go down the relationship path. I think all that was great. And I just, yeah, I mean, I just have a few last questions basically before we close out. The first is how do you get excited for a date? Well, because I'm in that stage of my relationship where I hang out in my sweatpants and maybe I haven't showered that day and she's knitting and... (laughs) We're like we're like sixty. I swear to God, our relationship is so old. She like sit there knitting and listening, watching vlogs, and I'm like looking at stocks. I don't know. Uh, um, but I, I I'm very we're very comfortable around each other. We we've been living together since four months into our relationship because she had to like I said she had an awful roommate, so she had to move out, and I kind of gave her refuge while she was supposed to look for a new place, and she just kind of stayed. So we've been living together for a long time. We they're like all filters are down. So when it comes to dates, it's kind of like on my off days, I don't really try to look attractive anymore. That's one thing. Like you're always trying to look attractive. Your hair's got to be right. You got to smell good. Make sure your hygiene is appropriate, obviously. That's like, how do you not? Wear your nicest clothes. Think about fantastic things to talk about. It's like that kind of peters out when you're in a long, long term relationship. And I'm saying long, long term. It's long, long term for me, okay? All the 30 plus people that have been in 10 year plus relationships. It's a long time for me, okay? But what I do is I, I just get excited to kind of, I want to excite my partner again. Not not that I'm like not constantly exciting them, but like there's not too much that's exciting about seeing some dude walk around with his progressively getting worse dad bob dad bod in his in his sweatpants. So when I really do myself up and like maybe I shave or I get like a nice haircut, I put on my absolute nicest clothes, my jewelry, my my cologne, and then yeah, I take her to like uh, either our our 
when you're in a long-term relationship, usually you have a spot, you have a place that you guys go to that's just always kind of feel good. So either we do that or I surprise her with, with like a new place, like some, something a bit more fancy, a bit more expensive, if money can, can allow. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it gives room away from our normal mundane kind of everyday things. Like I, I play a lot of video games. She watches a lot of YouTube and movies and stuff. And like, it's a nice change of scenery, I guess. I mean, I consider everything that we do together a, a bit of a mini date because we never really went on any big crazy, like even when I first asked her out, yeah, it was a date, but we didn't really go anywhere in particular. Like I didn't take her to a restaurant. I didn't, we just went for a walk essentially, but a, but a great walk it, it was clearly. So every time we go for like our, our evening walk, it's kind of like a date because it's spending time together. Sometimes I'll get dressed up for our walk. Like that's, that's how I get excited is I, as I try to make myself as attractive as possible so that they get excited, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's a narcissistic thing. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Oh, well, this has been such an amazing conversation. Thank you so, so much for all your amazing insights and you. stories. And yeah, where can everyone find you? You can, my, I mean, my main, my main source of exposure, I don't know, is, is Instagram. You can find me at Mike underscore underscore T-E-E. Or just look up Michael Taylor and I think I come up. But yeah, two underscores because one was taken because there is rapper in Africa called Mike T that, that that has taken all my um all my aliases. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Firefly Lane where I play douchebag jock. And that's all I'll say about that. Uh, the Good Doctor where I play the opposite of, of what I play on Firefly Lane. And then yeah, just keep an eye out for me on on your favorite shows on tv uh, i really seem to hit a nice snowball going with my career and i'm really excited to share my art craft and talent with the world yeah amazing awesome well thank you so much again michael yeah and... thank you so much for having me on I, I i love this kind of stuff i love i love these kind of podcasts and talking about very very relevant important things not only that but with someone on the other side of this continent in new york i think that's just so crazy that's <laughs> yeah, that's so hello. crazy to me yeah <laughs> little old canadian me up here oh friggin' rights buddy eh? we're just up in the great way north you know yeah. awesome awesome all right fantastic well, thank you again and we'll talk soon yeah talk soon awesome okay bye Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode or this podcast in general, I would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate, and review below. And if you can think of anyone who would enjoy this podcast, please consider sharing it. As a new podcast, the most helpful thing is to grow by word of mouth. After all, who doesn't enjoy a good date story? Lastly, if you would like to connect with me, please follow me on Instagram at ghosts underscore of dates past. And feel free to shoot me a DM if you have a comment, question, or would like to be a guest. I'm always looking for new people to bring on to the show. Hope you all have lovely weeks, and I'll be back next week for another juicy episode. Bye for now. Bye.